So in 2012, Bruce Springsteen was here for South by Southwest, and he played a big show at ACL Live. You had to win a lottery ticket to get in, and I got one of the lottery tickets. I really wanted to see Springsteen, but somebody that I was writing a big story about was playing at the Paramount at the exact same time. So I went early to ACL Live and saw a couple of the opening acts, and then I actually left before Springsteen played and uh, was able to go over to the Paramount and caught some of the show that I needed to see and got back in time to hear some of most of Bruce's set, probably. But it was an odd circumstance where I actually went to go see Bruce Springsteen and left before he went on stage. I'm Peter Blackstock, and this is I Love You So Much. Welcome to I Love You So Much, the Austin 360 podcast, a show for everyone caught up in an ongoing love affair with Austin, even if it's complicated. I'm your host, Tali Mosley. I'm Omar Gayaga. And I'm Addie Broyles, coming to you from the shores of Lady Bird Lake in the offices of the Austin American Statesman. This week, it's our South by Southwest preview. We'll be taking a look at what's new and different in 2018 and what you can expect when Austin's biggest event of the year starts on Friday. I'll be talking about some of the big themes and technology at this year's South By, and we've got Joe Gross to talk about some of the big film premieres, celebrities, and red carpets that'll be happening downtown during the South by Southwest Film Festival. Deborah Sengupta Stith and Peter Blackstock will fill us in on why some people are worried about this year's music portion of South by Southwest and which acts and showcases you should be seeking out. We'll wrap it up with a talk on South Bites and other food around the fest and everything else we're excited to see this year before we start our daily I Love You So Much dispatches over the next five days, which you should totally check out starting Friday. Let's dive into it now with Omar's take about the overall feel of this year's South By and whether tech is still dominating the conference. So, Omar. Hello, I'm right here. I really want to find out. How many years is this covering South By for you? You know, I covered it off and on in the mid-2000s when it sort of dipped a bit, mm-hmm. but but I think my first one was around 98, 99, oh, when it was still multimedia. So, like, I, the era of CD-ROMs and, <laughs> and, you know, like, where it wasn't even called interactive yet. But, yeah, it's been a long well, time. Well, so much has been made about this convergence. Like, is there still a difference between film and, and music and I, I've heard that tech, word yeah. for the last <laughs> or 20 years. <laughs> but what's funny is, like, about, you know, six, seven, eight years ago it actually started to happen where we started to see the film music and because tech permeates everything so Mm -hmm. tech in music changed the music industry tech in film Mm -hmm. digital filmmaking so you started to see more and more tech related panels at these other legs of the festival and then everybody else coming to interactive you know in the digital creative space so Mm -hmm. yeah it's, it's definitely merged and we keep speculating that one day there will be just one, you know, one badge for everybody mm-hmm. and one South by. It hasn't quite happened yet, but definitely as in terms of content, it feels like it all bleeds together. Well, let's get back to some of the explicitly techie stuff at this year's South by Interactive. So wearables are out. Who freaking cares about wearables? What's in? What are people talking about <laughs> on the tech side? Some wearables out there. There's some Apple watches and stuff hanging around. Uh, no, I, I think the big um, tech topics this year and, and some of it is carried over from last year. Uh, cryptocurrency is hot. Everybody's talking about Bitcoin and Ethereum and all these other uh, you know, pseudo currencies. I shouldn't say pseudo because <laughs> somebody's going to come after me. Uh, <laughs> but they, they have exploded you know, in price and popularity. So every, now everybody's into you know, Bitcoin mining and, and figuring out how to how these blockchain technologies can be applied to other industries. So that's a there's a an entire track of just cryptocurrency panels happening this year that the Fest is doing. And every year they kind of pick one or two technologies that 
are kind of hot and kind of put a bunch of panels around it. Last year, because everybody was talking about politics, it was Trump under tech panels. Mm-hmm. This year, it's cryptocurrency. Uh, artificial intelligence mm-hmm. and machine learning are big this year. Those are There's a lot of Austin companies and Texas companies that are in that space. So you're going to see a lot of stuff about, you know, you know, Alexa and all of these kind of assistive technologies that are learning about us as we're using them. So that that's depending on where you fall on, whether that's creepy or useful, you're going to see a lot of that. And then VR and AR are still kind of hot. Two years ago, they they dominated the festival. You could not turn around without seeing a virtual reality headset somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that will con- there's some of that this year. It's not the dominant thing. But I, what I'm seeing with that is that it's moving more into the film realm and more into entertainment and health and other areas and less about just video game VR technology. So mm-hmm. we're seeing that shift. I'm seeing more VR stuff on the on the film festival side than on the tech side this year more. Fascinating. So, you know, one of the big stories last year since you went there with Trump was politics. Like there were Joe Biden was here last year and there's even talking maybe we'd get Hillary Clinton this year. Not so much. The politics is slightly, you know, it's it's a little bit less loud as it was um, in 2017. But there are still some names. Bernie Sanders will be here. Mm-hmm. Schwarzenegger will be here. Uh, Politico is doing a panel. So why do you think that is? I mean, obviously the election just happened. So, you know, there was it was there was a lot of fresh feelings <laughs> to get yeah. out. But what do you what are the place of politics in this year, South by Southwest? I think um, f- from last year, there's a little bit of Trump fatigue, I think, just because mm-hmm. everything last year felt dominated by a discussion of, of, of the Trump presidency. And it was still so fresh and raw for everybody. And that's all anybody wanted to talk about. I think this year we're seeing more on the activism side, on more of the Me Too movement, a more big issue kind of panels. Uh, you know, And some of that actually comes out of the entertainment industry. Some of the Me Too stuff is more on the film side you know, film Twitter and, and social media. But uh, yeah, really the, the the biggest political names on, on the main schedule are Bernie Sanders and, and Schwarzenegger, who, you know, depending on where you fall on that, like mm-hmm. you, you might think that they're not quite as of the moment as some other people in politics. Uh, but I, I'm also seeing a lot of panels related to news, you know, to journalism, to think there's like a 60 minutes retrospective panel with Laura Logan that's going to be on the schedule. Uh, there's a lot of stuff about covering politics and policy and uh, a city summit. There's going to be a lot of the mayor of London, uh, Sadiq Khan is going to be a keynote speaker. So he will be talking about security and international relations. And that's expected to be a a really big draw. He he got in and, you know, sort of tangentially related to Trump. He got into it on Twitter with with Donald Trump. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure he'll address that at some point. So one of the ways I filled my time in the post-election year that was 2017 was watching more TV. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh, That was not political TV. And I think that's really reflected in the festival where we're seeing a lot of activations, a lot of, um, you know, marketing events around certain TV shows. Talk to me about how you've seen this, how pop culture just increasingly becomes part of the fest every year. Yeah, if I were to pick a theme overall for all of South by Southwest this year, what it's dominated by, like last year was politics. I think this year it's pop culture. I think it's more movies, TV, episodic stuff. Uh, If you just look at who the big names are on the keynote list, I mean, it's mostly filmmakers and sort of tastemakers and people who, you know, you're consuming their content. People like... uh, you know Barry Jenkins, who directed Moonlight, and Ta-Nehisi Coates, who's this award-winning writer, uh, and who also authored the Black Panther comics, which is you know Black Panther is dominating everything right now. So I think if you just look at who uh, who the big names are, you know D- Darren Aronofsky, uh, 
you know, uh, Mark Hamill. But you're also saying, like, This Is Us is going to premiere its um, finale for this season during exactly. Sci-Fi. Yeah, and I, then the Blackish creator is going to be here and a lot of television. You know, Westwood is going to be. Westworld. Yeah. Westworld, yeah. What, gonna, tell, yeah, tell, let's let's linger on Westworld just a minute. We'll hopefully be covering it in our one of our shorts. But that, to me, seems one of the big standout spectacles. Yeah, what HBO is doing is they are actually building the town of Sweetwater from the, the sci-fi show Westworld on HBO, which is about, you know, androids and, you know, people going to this town to be, you know, good or bad guys. Uh, yeah, they're actually shuttling people to this town and have, giving them a two-hour experience. And, I mean, the tickets for this sold out immediately. I mean, they're free tickets, but you can get them online. Uh, so it is kind of the hot ticket at South by Southwest this year. Also, they're doing a an installation of Ready Player One, the upcoming Steven Spielberg, Ernie Klein film, which has this big Austin tie to it. Uh, that's going to be at Brazos Hall. Uh, Roseanne, the the TV reboot, is going to have a ro- there's going to be a Roseanne house where you can go sit on their couch and <laughs> replay her laugh and meet DJ. Yeah, it's like there's going to be you know stars. From, so yeah, and This Is Us is going to ha- they're going to show the prim- the uh, season finale of This Is Us the day before it airs on NBC, and there's going to be a panel with the cast there. Same with Westworld. We're going to have a panel with cast and creators. So yeah, TV, I would say, and pop culture are definitely dominating this year in terms of what the big draws are, what everybody's excited about. Kleenex better come in and sponsor that. Activation around this. Hold one. Hold it. (laughs) Right outside the screen. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? (laughs) So, oh. Well, I was going to say, I really wish Black Mirror would come out and do some kind of experience at South by Southwest. It just seems like a ripe audience. It might be that South by is the Black Mirror. Experience. Yeah, no kidding. Hey, this is one a big Black Mirror episode. of itself. <laughs> totally. So when I talk to Austinites who live here and maybe don't work in media or in, in any of the industries, they still are curious about South by. And, you know, oftentimes they know that they can come down and wander around during music. But, you know, we often talk about that interactive is a great time to do that as well. I mean, what do you tell people to look out for if they do want to come? and sort of sniff around and see what's out there. Yeah, I mean, I think what scares people off is that it's 70,000 plus badge holders and 400,000 something participants. You know, if you count all of the auditorium shores, shows and all that and who participates, it's so it's easy to be scared off from coming downtown. It gets so congested and hard to get around. You know, if you have access to a bike or a scooter or mm-hmm. something that can get you or down here. Or the Metro Rail mm-hmm. people. Yeah, the, I love the Metro Rail. I use it every that, year. Yeah, during South Bay. And so if you can get down here, like there is a lot of free stuff you can do without a badge. There's a lot of stuff that you can do. You know, there's free food around and just the vibe of downtown completely changes. The look of downtown mm-hmm. changes. All these brands overtake these storefronts so all of the buildings that you're familiar with downtown change and transform and I mean I think it's even worth just coming down here just for a walk around mm-hmm. just like look at how, how how different downtown is mm-hmm. and what the vibe is when there's so many new people here remember when we stumbled on the um, Handmaid's Tale quote unquote activation yeah that was um, it was just the handmaids walking side by side around the convention center. It was so simple and haunting. And no advance promotion. They just came out of, like, they were just suddenly there. Like, yeah. They didn't tell people where they were doing this. So it's, there's always some surprises like that every year. Like, we can only cover it as a preview so much mm-hmm. without, you know, there's always something that comes up the day of or the day before that we're not expecting that becomes the talk of the whole festival. Oh. And that, that was one of them last year for sure. There are just so many things. I mean, our inboxes are full right now with pitches about activations, but, uh, you know, there's just no way we could even write about them all and we're surprised when we walk around about the different venues that are turned over for various things and some of it's some of it you literally is just walking downtown and just seeing it you know like you don't have to stand in a line Mm -hmm. or go like the the surfing activation downtown Mm -hmm. where there was like people actually surfing on this wave pool thing on fourth and color 
forth in Congress, mm-hmm. like you didn't need a badge for that. You could just walk by and see that and take some pictures and, and kind of enjoy that. So I, I definitely encourage people who don't have a badge to just swing by downtown and just see the spectacle of it because, mm-hmm. you know, because you will probably get some free food out of it and probably see some interesting stuff. You know, something I want to ask both of you is this issue of representation with South By and the way it uh, plays out, especially when it comes to gender. You know, we've noticed the past few years that there have been more keynote speakers and panels, you know, it's for women. Um, Brene Brown, Esther Perel is a keynote speaker this year. Last year, the big one was Marie Kondo. So um, that is fascinating to me. I keep getting pitches for this South by Erotica film panel with female directors. That's funny. I didn't get that. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not on that list. You guys are on different media lists, aren't you? <laughs> and then there's also um, a South by Wellness Expo, which is not, you know, is is not it's not for for women. But I feel like this is an extension of the goopification of our culture. So both of you tell me, like, I, I think this is all net positive for South by Southwest. That's my take on it. But tell me what your thoughts on that. Well, this is the first year they're doing the Wellness Expo. It's two days, starts Saturday and Sunday, and it is uh, it is free to the public. You can actually go. If you don't have a badge, you just uh, sign up for a guest pass to get in, uh, same as the Job Expo. Um, that definitely speaks to this trend in the festival of a focus on medical issues, on wellness, on just the things that are more than just industry stuff, stuff that has more to do with healthy living and, and taking care of yourself. And I mean, I, the last couple of years, it's been people like the the person that founded Headspace, you know, that the meditation yeah. app. Things more to do with things like living better and psychology, and just um, yeah, I think uh, more people, kind of thought leaders out of the, out of these spaces that are that go beyond just the typical like music, film, and tech stuff. I, mean, th- I think they know that they won't have a tech industry in another fifteen years if they don't. <laughs> Enough people yeah. will burn out, and you know, just the life balance, the work. I mean, I know that. People sometimes roll their eyes about that, but you know, even uh, you know the prominent podcasters, tech pod. I mean, the Tim Ferrisses who used to be keynoting at South by are now getting into the woo woo. You know, I, I need to meditate and I need to do less, not do more. Yeah, coming from yeah. the four day, you know, four hour work week guy. And right. some of it is driven by you know tech money or people that were former entrepreneurs and are now in this other space. And you know, and also you know your Gwyneth Paltrow's and, and such. Yeah, yeah. Well, last thing I want to give a shout out to, and that is the presence of podcasts at this year's South by Southwest. You know, I know Comedy Bang Bang has been here before, some of the like marquee comedy stuff. Um, but Call Your Girlfriend will be here this year. Um, there. Are a lot of other podcasts will be here and this is becoming a like a bigger vein in South by Southwest mm-hmm. so listeners we would love to hear a what you're seeing out there and you enjoy on the podcast side and also what you want to see I feel like there are some people working at South by right now who are trying to actively build up the podcast presence at South by Southwest yeah, there will actually be a podcast stage in the in the expo hall where they'll be recording a lot of these. Some of the panels themselves, like the Katie Couric panel, will be a podcast recording, and then they will also be putting out panels as podcasts, like the next day. So yeah, podcasting is definitely a, a huge thing at South by this year. I mean, that's an aha moment. It's like a panel is a podcast episode. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. we could have been doing this for the past double four, the content five, six years. Works much better than video for yeah. <laughs> for a panel. Yeah. But isn't it interesting that this is the year that South by has finally figured out that okay, an audio only you know, uh, feed is is enough. People don't need video. They don't need it to be super high def. They don't even need to be live or released that day, but you could release it a couple days later and still get value out of it. Absolutely. Okay, well, Omar, thank you so much for your hot take on South by Interactive. It was so easy to come in for this. Thank you. (laughs) 
Yes, sir. South by Southwest 2018. It's here. (laughs) We're ready. Bearing down on us. Yeah, pretty much. What are you looking forward to on the film side this year? Well, I think there's a lot lot of stuff going on that's pretty interesting. The opening night film is A Quiet Place by John Krasinski, who you might remember as Jim Halpert from The Office. Uh, That's the opening night film. And the closing night film is Wes Anderson's highly anticipated stop-motion animated picture, Isle of Dogs, which is making its North American premiere. Now, is that a family film, or is that an adult stop-motion? I'm pretty sure it's it's about 12-year-old boys and dogs. I certainly hope it's a family film. That would be a little weird if it wasn't. Well, you know, South By is for experimentation, so you never know what kind of format. Remember Sausage Party? Well, yeah, no, that's a fair point. That's Uh, a fair point. But this is sort of in the style of Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yes. Cool. uh, And people are really looking forward to that. Tell us about that Krakensky film. Do you know anything? I I actually don't. It's it's, uh, it's a thriller, and it takes place... Apparently, near silently. And, oh wow! Um, I saw a trailer. It looks really creepy. Yeah, yeah, it's it's you know horror thriller thing going on. And is he, one uh, the, is he one of the big celebrities who we might be seeing on a red carpet, or are there any other? Krasinski. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm sure he'll be here. I think. Um, I mean, there are always a lot of interesting people that are going to be here. Uh, Spike Lee will be here probably talking about the. Um, he's got a film. That I, be- I believe he produced, but he, he's probably he's mostly talking about his career as a whole and the Netflix version uh, TV serialization mm-hmm. remake of She's Got to Have It. Uh, Lena Dunham will be here. Um, she's sort of always a welcome presence at South by Southwest because she's you know like the biggest success story of South by Southwest film. Hmm. Um, Ethan Hawke will be here, I believe, with his uh, film Blaze about the Austin musician Blaze Foley. Uh, that is increasingly well regarded. Uh, Ryan Johnson, who made The Last Jedi, will be here. And um, as will a documentary called uh, The Director and the Jedi, which is about, I mean, it sounds on some level like a glorified DVD extra, but it also sounds really cool. Uh, about his relationship with uh, Mark Hamill hmm. uh, in making The Last Jedi. Um, what else has gone? Evan Rachel Wood, James Marsden, and Jeffrey Wright from Westworld will be here. With the big installation. With the, from yeah, there's, HBO. A, there's a big, weird installation um, uh, taking place outside of town, and they're sort of touting it as, um, you know, a sort of. Um, you know, almost not choose your own, like sort of an abstract choose your own adventure type thing, but which struck me as like slightly, you know, interesting, but also slightly terrifying given that, you know, the the shtick in, in Westworld is people go to this resort where there's just like total amorality. <laughs> uh, so we'll see how that goes. And we should mention on the Ryan Johnson thing, Mark Hamill will be here. Too. Yes, Mark Hamill will be here. Sorry. Yeah. He will be here and that will be probably completely bonkers. Um, just people going cosplay, ab- absolutely. Nuts. Can see all the stormtrooper, the five hundred first. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. all they're all showing up. Um, what else is going on? The Austin Film Society's Texas Film Awards are sort of the unofficial kickoff for South by Southwest Film, and this year, screenwriter and director Paul Thomas Anderson will accept the inaugural Jonathan Demi Award, and Army Hammer will receive Variety Magazine's One to Acclaim Award, and that'll take place on March eighth. At a big gala to be held at the Austin Film Society Cinema, which is sort of a change of pace for them. It's usually held at um, Austin Studios with a big dinner, and they're sort of changing up that format this year. 
Uh, Jonathan Demme is a long was a longtime Austin Film Society advisory board member and is sort of a patron saint of, of Texas film. Anderson, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, became close to the Texas film community when he shot uh, There Will Be Blood out in Marfa. Uh, so there's, you know, it's there's a lot going on. I was kind of one thing from looking at the schedule and some of the keynotes and feature speakers was just kind of a, a welcome sense of diversity this year. You know, like you've got Barry Jenkins as a keynote. That's yes. a really good one. Uh, you know, we've mentioned Ta-Nehisi Coates, as, uh, you know, who was involved with the Black Panther comic, which is now like the most successful film <laughs> out there right now. Yeah, he's so. uh, actually Ta-Nehisi is having sort of an interesting career moment. Um Marvel announced yesterday that he's he'll be writing Captain America. Like, not... I saw that. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, not like, you know, the Falcon is Captain America, but actually like Steve Rogers, white guy, uh, Captain America, which is not, like, unprecedented or anything, but it is, it's very cool, and it'll be interesting to see how he... Uh, how he does with with one of Marvel's you know signature properties, and it's a, and he's also been kind of instrumental in getting other people into the comics industry. Like I mean, like Roxanne Gay had not never written for comics. No, his he's uh, he's he's bringing some some interesting folks in right now. Yeah, and then uh, one other thing I noticed on the film side was just a lot of panels related to like, like the Me Too movement and sexual harassment. There's like a women of film Twitter panel. Yeah, so a lot of a lot of stuff around that issue in the film industry that'll be discussed. Uh, you know pretty heavily i think but it's always it's always stupid i mean i i think it's kind of stupid to predict what will be sort of the breakout thing at south by southwest because it's never completely what you think it's going to be um you know lena dunham is a very good example uh that you know she came here many years ago with her film creative nonfiction, and met the people who she ultimately made tiny furniture with and those same people ultimately worked with her. A lot of those same people ultimately worked with her on Girls. And Girls was, I believe, the first time South by Southwest had shown you know, a, a TV show, of what mm-hmm. they refer to now as an episodic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and now that's a lot of, of what they program. There's a lot of you know TV premieres and pilots being shown this year, like that one that's on the Audience Network. Uh, I forget yeah. what it's called. There's Imposters. Like, there's all these TV shows related things and, a then, lot going know, on. and the installations of course so so yeah. I wanted to ask one last quick question for people who don't have badges does it still run by the same rules where you can get into movies you know after the badge holders have got in at some of the venues uh, well there is uh, you know you can get a film wristband which I believe costs $110 which uh, you know there's a wristband line and after the badge holders go in you can go in and um, that I wrote a little bit about that for uh, the statesman, and that's something we can link to, obviously. And uh, it's and yes, if the badge holders go in and the uh, wristband holders go in, there will be there are tickets on sale at venues. And I highly recommend keeping an eye on um, people who you know for people who don't have badges, uh, the Vimeo Theater, uh, which is located inside the convention center. Uh, rarely, rarely, rarely sells out. And if you don't mind doing a little bit of driving, um, the Austin Film Society Cinema, the AFS Cinema, uh, formerly known as the the Marquesa, is sort of an, a South by Southwest satellite venue. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, a really great place for people who are just regular citizens to check out and, and see if uh, see if there's anything they want to see. And the South by Southwest app will also tell you what the venue capacity is and whether it's full or not. If, yeah. if you want to know, like, right then and there. Like, yeah. Like, I, I got 15 minutes. 
to get yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna is, be full. is it you know green go, yellow hurry, and red? You're not going to get in. Like that's pretty useful. Fantastic. Well, Joe, where can people follow your coverage during South by Southwest? Uh, Austin360.com. Fantastic. It'll and be there. Slash SXSW if you want to get more specific. Yes. Well, and, and who doesn't? <laughs> Thanks, Joe. We will see you out there at the screenings. Thank you. Blackstock, Deborah Sengupta Stith of the Austin American Statesman music team. Hello, guys. Hey, Tali. Great to be here. So let's talk about South by Music. I think one of the big overarching themes is the muted nature of South by Music. So I'd like to start with you, Deborah, on that. Why are people a little worried about South by Music this year? Well, there are definitely less big names yet. And I do say yet because we think that there might still be some surprises coming. But we are definitely not seeing the Jay-Z Kanye. We're not seeing the Smashing Pumpkins on a rooftop. We're not seeing some of those big branded events that we've seen in uh, the last No Lady Gaga Doritos. No Lady Gaga. (laughs) No no paint vomiting Lady Gaga situation. (laughs) So, which people, I mean, we all have mixed feelings about that because this is supposed to be a discovery festival and it has over the last, you know, I would say over the last decade or so become real splashy ever since, you know, Kanye showed up at the Fader Fort in 2009. Um, but it's it seems to be scaled back. I think that the biggest difference is that there's less branded uh, less less branded events, less brand activations, less huge free concerts, which people are going to be waiting in line for all day. Yeah, it reminds me of that, of my favorite Twitter feed, South by Parties with five Zs. Mm-hmm, that is like mm-hmm. solely a parody account to skewer like um, these just Frankenstein events with a huge name, with a huge brands. That you, it's easy to get very cynical about. Like one of these tweets is like, "See Beyonce give birth to her twins in a Walmart parking lot. Right. Tweet now to get tickets." Like right. you know that kind of thing. And it's it, it's exactly hitting that thing you spoke of. That like we were we had gotten to that point where it's like, wow, like where are the voices that I'm supposed to just stumble upon and have a magical serendipitous experience. Yes. I mean, there will still be uh, Snickers themed tacos though. If that is let's, just, let's leave the tacos out of it. <laughs> uh, Peter. That, that do sounds you... like state fair or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As long as it's deep fried. <laughs> yes. right. Peter, do you think this is good for the ecosystem of South by music? It can be. And, and, you know, to, to qualify what Deborah said earlier, there may still be a big announcement. I don't think we're going to have anything on the level of Garth Brooks, which was like less than a week out last year. Uh, but that was a huge thing at Auditorium Shores, and they've already announced the Auditorium Shores shows, and it's a pretty good lineup, but it's no huge names like Which that. are? Like, tell us what some of those uh, are. Saturday, it's it's kind of a, a local stars thing with, like, Rocky Erickson and Shiny Ribs, and Thursday is a Latin bill with Los Lobos and some other really cool acts. So there, there's some good shows on Auditorium Shores, but they're not going to have this mega production like they had yeah. with Garth. And that's... Uh, whether that's a bad thing for South by in terms of income streams and and revenue generating, uh, I don't know. Uh, but I think in terms of what the 
enjoyment level of the festival is, sometimes it's better without a lot of that. And I can say that my initial reaction of being a little underwhelmed at looking at the lists and not seeing a lot of big names was tempered by the fact by that when I went through the schedule and started listening to some of the stuff that was there that maybe I didn't know, I found a lot of stuff that I really want to go see. So, And there's that discovery component. Yeah. Uh, the, we, in the uh, South By preview that, that we all put together together, uh, underwhelming was one of the words we used to describe the music fest. Uh, and every year it feels like we're waiting till the very last minute for some big bombshell like keynote announcement or something like that. And we, and you know, we're recording this on a Monday. We don't know if by Thursday, you know, when you hear this, that that will have happened. But I mean, what are some things on the schedule that you are excited about, uh, you know, as far as keynotes or, or featured speakers that, you know, we really should be paying attention to? Yeah. Well, they have, I think even just the last two years or so, been pulling back on the, hey, wait for our bombshell key- keynote announcement. It used to be, you know, you'd wait and they'd announce Springsteen or Lady Gaga or or uh, Snoop Dogg was probably the last really big one they had. But they started doing it more like they do interactive and film where they have multiple keynotes in music now, too. And there are some, some interesting people. Some of them aren't necessarily keynotes, like Keith Urban, the the country star, is is speaking, doing an, an interview session. Uh, Neil Young is going to be do- here doing something, but I think that's more related to film, maybe, and not not on the music side. I think it's partly going to involve his his music archival project, where he's he's creating a giant digital archive of all of his music and all everything he's ever done. So there there are some some big names involved there, uh, but it's it's different when they used to hang everything on one giant keynote. Mm-hmm. And we've got people like Nile Rogers coming in to do to do a panel and, and a few other keynotes. Uh, Deborah, are there any marquee names that you're excited about? You know, uh, not not really. There's definitely there's some hip hop stuff which which I'm forgetting right now. But um, there is some stuff that's been less touted uh, that is going to be interesting. There, one of the things that I think is really fascinating about the schedule is that uh, there's a lot of K-pop this year and and a lot of like Asian hip hop and it's super fascinating to me that there's this crossover thing happening where and I've I've noticed this talking to young people that a lot of high school and junior high kids in America are super excited about K-pop and so I think we're going to see a bigger presence of that one of the biggest rappers coming to the festival this year is this kid named Rich Brian who's Indonesian who learned English by watching YouTube and hit Viral gold with this song called "Dat Stick," which is a little bit. I don't know Suggestive? how I feel about. Well, I, no, it's 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 about beating cops, um, you oh. know. And I, I have I have mixed feelings about "Dat Stick," and I think everybody who heard it had it. But then it ended up getting a ton of remixes with big name American rappers. And this kid is 18 years old, and he's coming to America uh, for the first time. I believe he came a few months ago for the first time, and he. Is going to be really huge at South by this year, which is super fascinating to me. Wow, youth, way to way to pull it together. <laughs> um, uh, I have a question for all of you, and that is: Do you was the um, decision to pull back on some of those big marquee names a South by Music organizer decision, or do you think it was less brands stepping up to the plate because they weren't getting such an ROI when they have when they've been it's doing coming it in years more past. from it's coming more from outside than inside. I think South by would be glad to have them if they wanted to come, and there's just I think a bit of a pullback of of people wanting to spend 
huge amounts of money on promoting themselves at at an event like this. They're they're looking for different ways to to make their impact. I think really. And I wonder, as uh, the festival economy across the country has blown up so much that if we artists, reached peak yeah, peak festival, yeah, we've we've reached peak festival, and and I I I don't know that the idea of coming to South by to make a big splash and get a lot of people talking about you has the same value. I think that artists are maybe looking there's there's so many festivals they could do that at now mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. one of the interesting things though is is maybe some of those huge people aren't coming but some of the the long-term people who have been associated with south by southwest since the early days are still coming uh super chunk is a good example they're a band that you know probably played the third or fourth south by southwest around 1990 91 and they've got a new record came out that has a real political orientation sort of you know railing against the the trump era and they're doing a couple of shows here in a panel and so they still some of those those you know significant uh respected names uh, and the super chunk runs merge records too so they're heavily involved in the industry too they still are finding value here apparently I'll say on the brand side, I, I, you know, one of the things we're seeing that's not here this year is there's not like a big Apple Music Festival. There's not a Spotify presence. But really, when we were seeing those things, it was when they were sort of ramping up, when Spotify was trying to acquire more users, when Apple Music was launching and trying to create excitement. So it's not so much that, uh, you know, that there's something wrong with South by Southwest. It's that they're just not in that phase where they're trying to acquire more users right now. Like they're kind of pretty comfortable now. Right, right, right. It's like when you get into a relationship and you're, the, the the new energy is worn off and you're like, all right, like we're, we're, we're good. good. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> we're good. <laughs> this 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 about by marriage is uh, feel, let, feeling ask, all right. Let me ask one more question about uh, this issue that keeps coming up in our, in our discussions, a uh, convergence of just how these different legs of the festival have continued to come together, tech, music, film, and everything else. Uh, last year, they made this big change where pretty much anyone with a badge could get into a lot of more stuff. They could people with interactive badges could go to music showcases, people with music badges could go to films. Did you all see more of that last year, more of a less of a separation, yeah, and more people that you normally wouldn't see at these music showcases showing up and, and taking up more space? I actually uh I I did not see a ton of it. Um but uh I also don't really know how to quantify, you know, what looks like a <laughs> film person versus what looks yeah. like a music person. I mean, but you used to be able to. I mean, the, yeah. that shift from like Tuesday to yeah. Wednesday, you used to see all the people with leather show right, up, right. Know, and their hair and their bands. Yep. Uh, and the, yeah, and and there is less of a distinction now between who comes in and who leaves. Yeah, I I think it's harder for us to see that out in the field necessarily because we're not paying attention to whether somebody has a, a film bag badge or an inter- interactive <laughs> or badge. Or a fanny pack. Yeah. <laughs> right. But uh, uh, I do think. Uh, what I what I'm intrigued to see is how far they'll continue to push that things in that direction because what we're definitely seeing is music people want to be here when the interactive people are here because that's where the money is yeah uh, and so I think more bands probably would like to play you know Antones or the, the Mohawk parties. or right, yeah, yeah they, they'd like to and, and some of those do happen they're more sort of South by and private company partnership like the Capital One House at Antones, which they've done for two or three years now. But I envision a, a point where South by just books, you know, maybe a dozen showcases over the weekend during the music fest. So those, so those, I mean, during the interactive fest, so the interactive people 
can have stuff to go and do at night. I've definitely seen a, a sprinkling of like tech parties with like a TI or someone like that, yeah. you know, added to them as the party entertainment. Uh, but I think that the Jay Z with American Express, you know, tweet me some money show sort of broke that open yeah. for interactive. Let's talk about music venues a little bit and the venue economy because obviously a big story of this past year, past couple of years really, is are those venues on Red River and 6th Street and adjacent areas and are they an endangered species or not? Uh, so two questions here. A, where should people hang out? Are those still reliable corridors to see, discover music during this particular South By? And B, will this South By music still serve those venues and give them a shot in the arm? Well, I think uh, absolutely. Red River is definitely uh, one of the biggest places to be during South By Southwest. Um, and I, when we were talking for this story, this just ran uh, on Sunday, that um, one of the venue owners I talked to, Steve Sternshine, who owns Empire Garage, actually told me um, that the big question for them is how bad is it going to be in terms wow. of losing the branded parties? That's wow. that's what they're worried about, really. And and he said he's very proud of the showcases that he's booked, and he's booked a lot of great showcases. He's doing Empire, the Parish, and uh, the Main, which used to be Emos uh, this year. But um, they don't have the big names, and he's actually added a few ticketed events in that weekend before to try to bridge the gap. Yeah, I think part of it is they rely so much on a huge march because of South by Southwest to carry them through some of the leaner months in the year. So if they don't have as huge a march, it makes it a little harder for them to to figure out how they're going to make things work throughout the whole calendar year. Uh, but but yeah, I would say Red River is very much still the heart of it because there's just so many venues there and you can you can go to 12 places within a few blocks if you're walking. You know, certainly much more Red River than 6th Street uh uh South by does use some of the Sixth Street venues still, and there's still like the the big Aussie thing at Maggie Mays. So there are some spots there, but um, you know Sixth Street tends to be more just a, a parade up and down the street, and less people going for for the music and the clubs there. Well, Peter and Deborah, we hope to see you out there. Uh, follow them on the Austin Music Source as well as austin360.com/sxsw, where you will find all of our South by Southwest coverage, wall to wall, tech, music, film, everything else. This is usually the part of the show where we do a toast, recommendations of stuff we think you'll like, but instead this week let's each of us talk about the South by Southwest thing we're most excited to see or experience. Addie, why don't you get us started? Cool. Okay, so uh, the food programming moved from being during the first weekend of South by Southwest to the like middle of next week. Uh, but what I was happy to see is that just like how Fast Company and some of the other big brands will have side sideshows going on with panels and actual you know speakers and educational programming, we're actually seeing that for the first time this year, a multi-day track. So uh, Lando Lakes, National Geographic, and Microsoft have teamed up for a four-day free to oh, anybody, so no, you don't have to have a badge to go, um, set of panels. And it's at Trinity Hall, so it's near the convention center downtown. And they're going to cover AI and farming and... Um, uh, you know, basically like modern farming practices and how do how can science and the food industry reconcile some of their differences? You know, I'm I am recommending it to you and listeners, but I also in the same way that I have some hesitancy about some of the South by panels. You just never know 
how much sponsorship is going into these panels. You never know because it all matters of who is on it. And if you have two farmers that have been paid to come in to support the ideologies of Lando Lakes, it's going to be a little tainted. It's not going to have the purity of the conversation that you would have from an unbiased person assembling the panel. And so I've always been a big proponent that South by and these side, you know, side programs need to be clear about who is being paid to come, who organized the panel, whose idea was it. Transparency. There's a, you know, there's a GMO panel that's happening, you know, during South by Proper that I am just really hesitant about because I don't know who put it together. Because it's hosted by Monsanto. Well, and GMO is great. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> totally um, you know, my, not. just if you are in the audiences of any of these panels, just listen carefully and don't be don't be afraid to ask challenging questions at the end about if you don't hear a dissenting voice on the panel. Who's paying you? <laughs> Where's the money? I want receipts. <laughs> yeah, show, where's the paper trail? <laughs> so um, so that's going on Friday through Monday. Um, you know, one of the days is kind of light on programming, but there are a couple, two or three panels on each of the other days. Um, a really interesting author, um, she wrote a book about the, I think it's the way, the American way of eating. She'll speak on Friday. That's kind of cool. But also I just wanted to give a plug for um, a dinner that's happening on Saturday night at the Greater Austin Black Chamber, who, which hosted the Taste of Black Austin event a few weeks ago. They're actually having five female Female chefs come in and present a an African American. Uh, it it sort of explains how African American cuisine still influences not just American cuisine but Mexican and Asian and you know even European cuisines. Um, and so these five chefs will be presenting. Like there's a Filipina chef on that panel, or she's not a panel, but she's on the roster of chefs. And so that dinner, you know, it's 95 bucks to go, but it's right downtown, and um, it's one of the more unique standalone food events I've seen at this year's festival. And then you can walk around downtown and enjoy the sights of South by Southwest. There you go. So, um, you know, and I'll just say in passing, uh, we've got some big names for regular South by. Jose Andres has really uh, done a lot of great work with Puerto Rico this year. He's probably the 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 biggest well-known person. Anthony Bourdain is almost always here. He has sent some of his minions, the producers of Wasted, that food waste documentary, are in several different panels. Um, Christina Tosi, uh, Tyler Florence. I mean, Tyler Florence is on two panels. And Nathan Mirvold, who is also a, a, a favorite a South by uh, what a veteran. He came a couple of years ago for Modernist Cuisine. He's here this year for his new bread book, which is fantastic. I mean, you've never read a book so thorough about the science and history of bread. I guarantee it. Um, so he if, uh, he's the former chief technology offer, uh, officer from Microsoft, and he pivoted away. It, now he's probably one of the most respected food voices. So look forward to um, catching him again this year. Cool. Tali, what about you? Okay, so I feel like um, lately we've been... Ha- this is quite a departure, so just woof, brace yourselves, everyone. Um, from bread? From bread and food and, and everything. So I feel like culturally we are sort of coming to a head... Um, I'm, I'm watching my analogies. We're trying to figure out what to do with porn and like how to treat porn in our culture. There's been a lot of think pieces about it lately. There was the one that you recommended on the show a few weeks ago, Omar, about um, like how, what your teenager, teenagers are learning from porn. I think it was in the New yeah, York the Times. Yeah, the New York Times Magazine, fantastic piece. Yeah, and then uh, Ross Dowdett, one of the conservative columnists at New York Times, wrote a, you know, kind of a mm, firebrandy um column called should we ban porn and so it just all of a sudden it seems like we are really thinking about this and so i'm curious to see what the reception is to that south by erotica panel i mentioned earlier on the show is and if we're going to start seeing more of that like kind of more like philosophizing on the place of porn in culture and to see if south by interactive is brave enough to take that on. I, I will tell you as, as someone who's been covering tech, like there's always a few like 
you know, porn and sex panels on the interactive tech side. And the last few years with VR, it it is, I've started to see a lot more content around like adult entertainment and VR, adult, you know, adult entertainment and, you know, artificial yeah. intelligence and robots and all that sort of right. thing. Right. I mean, like, but like, to me, that stuff has always had a flavor of like, you know, it's novelty, it's funny, you know, it's like clickbaity to write about, but it doesn't feel hugely culturally impactful. Mm. You know, it just seems like that has an audience and we're going to serve that audience. But I feel like it may not be this year's South By, but in a South By very soon, we're going to have one of those big voices in a big panel that's like, or several panels, and it's like, let's really talk about this. Like, what place does it have in our culture? How should we treat it? If so. only that's why Esther Perel is coming this year to try yeah. to slow the tide of <laughs> exactly. people giving up on relationships <laughs> exactly. altogether and just getting a sex right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, because exactly. I, I really do think, though, that's sort of like a worst case scenario. when I think about my head in my mind, like if we don't start addressing some of the psychological issues that are that are, you know, happening, that we're going to end up in a place where we just kind of give up on relationships altogether and just use VR and AI and robots yeah. and 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 artificial you know insemination and and we right. just are done with the traditional you know partnership so i know so some of the most chilling black mirror episodes to me have been these takes on sex and relationships and he has a very cynical dark view of of what that could be but i don't know like then like when I heard about this panel, I thought like this is so cool that female voices are coming to the fore and saying like, no, we shouldn't ban porn, but we should evolve it so that it can really be for everybody and we can have these uh, grown-up conversations about sex in American culture. Yeah, I think that's the distinction is a lot of the, the panels that I had seen in the past were like, you know, exactly. or, or mm-hmm. you know, novelty or like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, look at this crazy thing that we can do with technology and sex. And mm-hmm. yeah, right. it is like, maturation exactly bit. just like less voyeuristic more like let's talk about this and like own it and just it's here so how are we going to deal with it and treat it mm-hmm. okay so that's what i'm looking forward to cool what about you uh well for me um i uh, am seeing a lot of stuff around diversity and inclusion this year and you know south by in general in terms of panels and in terms of content has always been pretty good about that. They've been one of the better uh, conferences as far as representation on panels. But even outside of that this year, I'm starting to see a lot more branded stuff that's, hey, we're, you know, we're CNN or we're whatever this big brand is. We're going to do a whole day of panels around Me Too or a whole bunch of panels around diversity issues and inclusion, much more so than in the past where all you would see is brands just dumping money into nachos and tequila, you know, and and these day parties. Now they really want to do like yes, we're going to give you free food and drinks, but you're going to sit there and watch these panels about issues you actually care about and might learn something from. So I'm seeing a lot more of that. I'm seeing a lot more events. I mean, every year there's always, you know, things at the Carver and, and you know, uh, African-American meetups and, you know, the Latinx stuff and uh, Casa Mexico and things like that. But this year I'm actually seeing things like um, Movement is doing the Pitch Black event, which is one of the best pitch events I've ever been to in my whole life. They're doing that at South by Southwest this year uh, with female-only entrepreneurs mm-hmm. presenting this year um, called Future is Female. That's going to be an event um, this Sunday. There's just a lot of stuff around issues of inclusion beyond just festival programming because I feel like South by always has always felt that responsibility to do it, but now I feel like brands have kind of caught up to that and are doing that as well. So a lot of the panelists you're seeing in diversity panels are also going to be doing stuff outside of the festival at these side events, and that's very encouraging to me that that has sort of permeated the culture enough that People are actually throwing money at these issues now, not just waiting for South by to do a panel about them. 
boy, when capitalism and activism overlap. Yeah, there's money to be made (laughs) with these minorities. I was just thinking about that. um, that I think it was a Pepsi commercial that one of the Kardashians did. Kendall, I think. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, and and that's that's sort of the flip side of it is that, yeah, you can kind of be a little leery of, of brands throwing money at the Me Too issue or saying, hey, we want to jump on that issue too. But, you know, I, I'm encouraged by the, the level of the speakers that are actually being invited to speak at these events and that people who are on the activist side are getting to have a platform beyond just panels. So, yeah, it's overall, I'm cautiously optimistic that brands won't screw it up this year <laughs> cool. and will not, you know, shame we're, these causes. We're counting on you, brands. Uh, okay, guys, uh, le- thank you, Omar and Addy, for talking to us about uh, what you're excited about. Listeners, we would love to know what you guys are excited about at South By. We will be there covering the fest. So, tweet at us, talk to us at um, Love Austin 360 on Twitter and Facebook, and you can also find us on the, find us on the Austin 360 Instagram. That's our show. She's Addie, he's Omar, I'm Tali. We'll be putting out a series of daily South by Southwest dispatches starting Friday, March 9th through March 13th. Please check them out as we tell you what we're seeing and loving at this year's South by. I love you so much. The Austin 360 podcast is produced by Alyssa Vidales. The show is made with support from features editor Sharon Chapman and the entire Austin 360 staff. Our theme music is from local band Hardproof, which you should definitely check out at hardproofmusic.com. You can find more about the show and its contributors at austin360.com slash loveaustin360. And if you want to pitch an idea for the show or give us feedback, shoot us a note at loveaustin360 at statesman.com or leave a voicemail at 512-445-3672. This show is brought to you by our sponsor, Lexus of Austin. We couldn't do this show without you, dear listener, and we can't thank you enough for lending us your ears, your comments, and your Expo Hall swag. Until next week, we'll see you in line at the Fader Ford. Oh, 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 oh,